Hi, this is Dr. Jane Battenberg, author of Change Within, Change the World. In this weekly podcast, I interview changemakers who are at the cutting edge of new thought and consciousness awareness. Join me as we change within and change the world together. Today's guest, Reverend Dr. Linda Rapond, will be speaking about the creative power of your word. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Great. So I'd like to hit a few of the highlights of your life. You're the founding minister of the Launching Pad, which is a young adult church in Centers for Spiritual Living, which is a new thought organization. And the Launching Pad has served as a magnet for conscious young adults who choose to live in community and be supported in deepening their personal spiritual practice. Even before becoming a minister, you had a lifetime of work with teens and young people, serving as a director of the National Runaway Switchboard, uh, executive director for Seattle Youth and Community Services, and you even worked with Special Olympics in Washington. You have a master's in consciousness studies and a doctor of ministry from Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley. You currently mentor young people entering the ministry, and I have to say you're always surrounded by young adults who seem to just flock to you. (laughs) Never one to stay still, you and your husband became innkeepers of the Carlisle Garden Suites, a small boutique inn in Ashland, Oregon. Did I hit all the highlights of your multifaceted life? (laughs) I think so. That's quite a bit. Well, one of your favorite topics to talk about is how your words actually have a creative power of their own. Can you expand on that a little? I can. I've actually taught a class about the power of your word to young people because it's incredibly important to understand that our words have power and that they that what we actually experience in our lives is often the outgrowth of what we've thought and said and that that is the way things manifest into form. So whether it's positive or negative, uh, we're creating all the time by what we say. And we say, oh my gosh, this traffic is terrible. It seems to get worse. You know, and we just say, this is a breeze. I'm sliding through here. A space opens up and it happens. And it it seems like it's magic. There's a, a lady, a mythical character called Mother Shapiro, and whenever we want uh, to heal something or to get a parking space, we say, Mother Shapiro, darling, I'd like, and we, and it actually happens. It actually happens, whether it's a parking place or, you know, cash coming in the mail or whatever. It's, uh, we're manifesting by calling it, by what we speak. But you've also probably heard people create what they don't want by just things like, um, all these people coughing around me, I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. Or, oh my God, I don't want a guy who's, who's abusive or a guy who's, you know, I'd Broke. like a, Yeah. <laughs> and and oh. guess who they're attracting? Exactly that thing that they say they don't want. Because I feel like the universe hears what we say very literally. So when we say, I do not want that thing, what the universe hears is that thing. And so so the the, I want or I do not want isn't really uh, heard. What we're bringing into form is the thing itself. So what we're talking about is what we're we're creating. 
So if I tell you, don't think of a yellow taxi cab, you have to first think of the yellow taxi cab and then try to negate it. Exactly. And what are you going to see when you drive down the street? Yellow taxi cabs. <laughs> or, or when you're on a diet and, you, and you're trying not to eat, oh, all you can think of is food. And it's, it's, it's very evident when you're working with little children and, oh. and you just want to say, don't do that. You know, stop doing this, you know, stop hitting the, the table. And that brings forward for them hitting the table. You know, that's what they're going to do. And Don't uh, spill your Coke. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and so in positive parenting, the challenge is to learn as, a, as an adult, as a parent, how to speak what you do want, not what you don't want. And to praise what they're doing right, as opposed to criticizing what they're doing wrong, is exactly like using the power of your word to create. Well, you're an inveterate storyteller. Do you have any stories that you can tell us about this? I do. I do. I have some <laughs> recent stories. Um, this Just this week, I just came back from um, delivering my husband's car to our friend that bought it in Southern California. But the story behind that is we decided to sell his car, become a one-car family, and I had posted on, on Craigslist and, you know, had people respond and call me and they'd make appointments to see it. And then, uh, I would go wash the car and get it all pretty. And then they wouldn't show up. And it was just kind of being exhausted. It's going on all summer. <laughs> and we were driving to California and I said to my, my girlfriend that was with us, I just want this to be easy. I'm done. You know, I, let's just have it be easy. We get to the conference we're going to, and uh, a friend of mine says, I think I would like to buy your car. I'm like, well, that sounds easy. So sure enough, she went back home, went to her credit union, arranged the financing, and so I just this week drove the car down there. But it was, to me, what happened was I shifted from, this is a to-do list, this is a hard thing, this is like being a pain, to this is going to be easy, and boom, it was. More stories. Would you hear more stories about Yeah, more stories. (laughs) I was just thinking about other things that have happened. When we started the launching pad in Berkeley, Mm -hmm. this is a number of young people were coming together from various parts of the country, along with my husband and I, to live in an intentional community and also to be a center, to teach classes and have services and you know be a center. So we were looking for a big house. And in the the time we were looking, it was this is in August when all the students are returning to Cal, yeah. so rentals were going really fast. But we kept talking about what it was we wanted, and we needed it to be walkable, so not in the hills, because a lot of people that would come would be on foot or on bicycles and near a bus line. And we needed it to be, you know, in a in a social place that was, you know, easy for lots of people to hang out at. And the house itself needed to have a lot of bedrooms because a lot of people were going to live there. And we needed rooms for meditation and rooms for classes. And we ended up with exactly what we had been speaking for so long. And, you know, in in all of the flurry of getting it and moving in and getting started, it took us a while to remember that, wait, this is exactly what we asked for. We ended up with this gorgeous big house. It was like eight blocks from the Cal campus and uh, in a neighborhood that was very active and social and and full of young people. And right across the street from a coffee shop. From a great coffee shop where a lot of the people who who lived with us ended up working. Uh, It just ended up being a perfect location, but it took... After the, it was after the fact, after we were in, that I went, wait, this is exactly what we asked for. Oh. Mm. 
Oh, wait, let me tell you one more story. Oh, good. Because <laughs> this happened just today. I'm uh, at the hotel every morning serving coffee and scones and chatting with guests. And frequently we get into uh, a conversation about metaphysical things. I don't know why that would be. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I was talking with this woman this morning who's telling me the story. This just happened. Like she just returned from Switzerland where her daughter was. And uh, they'd been visiting. And then in a, in a very brief period of time, her, got, her daughter got a diagnosis of brain cancer. Oh. And within... A couple of days they took her in for surgery and they were they had the best brain surgeon in Switzerland working on her and but before the surgery he's telling her about all of the things that could go wrong and you know you'll have a period of time that you know you won't you, you probably won't have any speech and you won't be able to you know cognitively do things and you won't be able to walk and it's just, the recovery is going to take a while most of those things will hopefully come back but those things aren't going to happen and she just looked at him and she was like i'm not doing that that's not that's not what's going to happen you're the best surgeon in switzerland this is going to be easy and i'm going to just have a complete recovery and quickly and he just kind of you know, threw up his hands and was like, okay, if that's what you want to call it. But I don't think he believed it at all. Uh, and lo and behold, this woman's telling me this morning, the story is that within hours of uh, coming out of the anesthesia, she was talking. And the nurses were astounded. She should not have been Able verbal. to talk. Yeah. And, uh, and within just a couple of hours, she wanted to go uh, use the toilet. And they were like, oh, no, we'll bring you the bedpan. And she goes, no, I'm walking. And they're like, oh, you can't walk, you can't walk. She says, yes, I can I had the best surgeon in Switzerland. <laughs> and her, she's had complete recovery and in a very wow. short period of time. And I believe that's because she knew enough to speak that into existence. That even though the surgeon was being cautious, she was like, no, I want it to be this way. I have goosebumps all over her. <laughs> it, it is, it, doesn't it seem magical that, you can, that we can harness that much power into what we say? Well, because I, when you, when we first started thinking about talking about this, I thought, well, this is kind of woo-woo, you know? Are people really going to believe that you just say it and it happens? Well, I think that that is what happens, whether you believe it or not. It's just if you start paying attention to what you're saying, and sometimes not even saying out loud what you're saying in your head can mm. be just as powerful as what you say out loud. So you may be saying nice things out loud, and in your head you're going, oh, baloney, that's not going to happen. And that indeed doesn't happen. Well, in talking about the creative power of your word, you ha must have done this consciously or unconsciously for most of your life, is what I'm gathering. And <laughs> I think that's true. And I think the first time I met you, it was at a uh, workshop with Dr. Jean Houston, and you declared that you wanted to work with uh, young people internationally. And we were looking at you. You weren't even a minister at that point. And, and so within less than a year, you were. And we, just, we thought that that declaration that you made was so far-fetched that we couldn't believe it. So can you tell that story? Or? Sure. I, uh, I do. I did want to work with youth, both in this country and in other countries, like uh, around the world, and really, I, and still hold, hold a really deep vision of young people being the bridge with other young people, because as, as young people know each other, the chances are that their countries will end up in peace rather than war. 
because of strong friendships. I, I believe that. So, I, yes, that was a vision. I had no idea how to get there. I didn't plan to get there. I just knew that's what I wanted. And um, kind of serendipitously, I ended up getting offered the job before I finished ministerial school to be the head of international minist youth ministries for the Centers for Spiritual Living. And, um, and accepted the job. So we moved to Southern California to do that job. And um, it was where I was headed in ministry. I just thought that kind of role would have been, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road. And it just, it happened. Uh, it just happened. And can you tell the story about how you, someone left the job and you got offered the job? Or <laughs> I can. So I was uh, going into my senior year of ministerial school and the woman who had been the dean of my program became the head of all ministry in our organization. And, you know, I was taking over a job in the, in the organizational headquarters. And I said to her at the summer conference, I have a lot of availability this fall. My daughter had just started college. And my husband was going to be traveling the whole fall. And I said, if you need me to come down and do an internship with you at home office, I'd be happy to do that. And she goes, well, what are you interested in? I was like, well, youth and international ministries, or both. And she, goes, she gives me this kind of funny look, and she goes, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and the very next day, she took me aside and offered me this job as the head of International Youth Ministries. And I'm like, um, what? And she goes, well, you didn't know this when you said this yesterday, but the person who's had that job just had turned in his resignation that week. And so in, in her new role, it was the first job she needed to fill. And she didn't know me well enough to know that I was qualified to do it. And uh, so without going through any process or anything, she just named me to the position. And, uh, and I had to go back and talk to my husband because we were moving to Southern California. And our, we had planned to move to Amsterdam after I finished school to start an international ministry. So I'm like, so I'm like Walter, <laughs> I got this job offer. He kind of looks at me funny. And when I tell him about it, he goes, so Linda, Burbank, Amsterdam, can you see those are not the same? Because <laughs> he's like really up for the adventure of moving someplace else. <laughs> But anyway, it, it turned out to be a fabulous um, move for me, a, a fabulous way to enter ministry. And I have indeed worked with youth around the world ever since. So that's your way of, of doing life, is to sort of declare your intention of where you want to head and then let it unfold. I think that's my, the part. Like how, how to manifest things, to, in my mind, is that you start with the what you want and declare the what. And I don't worry about the how. You know, and the how is not something that's mine to figure out. I mean, I leave that to God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. The how is not my job, to, but knowing what I want and calling it and, and then just being willing to let it go and not, you know, not figure out how I have to get there, what I have to do to get there. I just like to let that part go. Um, and I think that's, that is what I would say to anyone that's like wanting to manifest something new and powerful is like get really clear about what it is you want. And say that, you know, I want this. This is where I want to go. And, like, say it like that. And then let it go. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. There, you talk about this in your book. I love your book, The Change Within, Change the World. And you talk about that magic happening and the way that it, that it occurs. Oh, so I remember. So it was like when you... Breathe in, and then there's a space when the yes. breath goes in, and then it's going out. The inhale and the exhale, there's a space 
at the very top of of the breath when you're you know between the inhale and the exhale. Oh, or like the pendulum when the pendulum swings in one direction, then it it's there's a split second there where you don't know whether it's going one direction or coming back the other. And Itzhak Bentoff wrote a book called Stalking the Wild Pendulum, and he says it's that split instant where you don't know whether it's going in one direction or the other or the speed of it, that it can be anywhere in the universe. That's right. And that's the magic you're talking about. That's exactly the magic we're talking about. You know, when I first started learning to meditate, I was listening to um, a tape by Wayne Dyer, and he was teaching people, I think the tape was called How to Meditate or something like that. And what he talked about was uh, paying attention to the space between the words. Mm. And so he would have people uh, repeat something that they knew very well, like maybe the Lord's Prayer. But when you're doing it, to not pay attention to the words, but pay attention to the space between the words. Mm. So you say a word and then you drop into that empty space. And to feel that space, that's meditating. And that's that's the same as the pendulum. That's the that's the where the place where the magic happens. And it is, I think, tapping into the universal mind, or as you say in the book, the newosphere. It's it's tapping into that which is larger than us. That is a, that we are. It's like the it's the water this fish swims in. It's 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 the um, environment that we live in is filled with. Uh, a divine essence that is the the holiness of all of life. So you were talking when we were talking earlier about we are more than we consciously are. We're so much more than we think we are, or that we can even begin to comprehend. And to me, when we, these these things happen the, through the power of our word, it's a wake up to me uh, to realize just how much we don't understand about the way the universe actually works Mm. and just how much consciousness is the environment we live in the earth itself is conscious the air around us there is there is you know a an essence to all of life that i call god but you can call it whatever you want to you can call it anything so you're saying we're in a soup of consciousness and we shouldn't limit ourselves okay and you know and it's it's I think it's it's an it's helpful to play with it to just treat it as a as a, um, a what if, and to just play around with well so what if I did speak into a pink Cadillac, and I wanted to have a pink Cadillac I don't know why you would want one of those unless you sold Mary Kay or something but <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is that you're you know you're wanting or desiring. Uh, Try speaking into it and see what happens. And, and also pay attention to the thoughts behind what you speak and uh, see what happens. And my experience has been over and over again, not every time, because I, I think there's that I, I'm not necessarily as aware of my subconscious negative thoughts as I think I am sometimes. But many, many times, that which I'm speaking into existence actually occurs. So I'd just like to invite people to uh, to play with it, to see, uh, pick something, and try giving those positive messages. It is the essence of affirmations. As a, as a practice, affirmations are a great way to start speaking into what you want. And whether that's to get the body that you want, or the man, or the job, or the money, or the whatever, um, speaking it into existence um, is by affirming it. 
So at your services, sometimes you're, you'll, somebody will say something and then everybody will say, and so it is. And is that? so it is. That is in the language of our spiritual teaching, the, a, the, another way to say amen. You know, it's sort of at the end of a prayer when people say amen. Um, and so it is, is a group affirmation to say, as you speak it, so it becomes. Oh. So do you have any... Um any uh, stories or, or about when you taught the, the uh, class to the young people, did they have any, what did they think of this? Did they immediately glom onto it or did they think at first that it was, well, I don't know, and then ex- experiment with it? Or I, Well, I would say that, that um, it, we had young people on, on, in the entire spectrum from, you know, this is complete hogwash and it, I'm not even going to listen to this, <laughs> to um, maybe this will help me get a B in biology and, you know, or, or whatever. That, that, uh, and so I, I, I generally teach it in a way of saying, just try this out and play with it. And what would happen in teaching classes is that week after week, people would come back and go, holy cow, this happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> and which actually not only is helpful to them, but it's helpful to other people to, to affirm for them, like, wow, this, this might have some value. It might not be just woo-woo. There may be value in it. And uh, so we would teach, like we would teach prosperity classes, and people would come back every week and talk about, you know, um, unexpected income that showed up because they claimed it and it happened. So uh, I like to, I like teaching young people because they tend to be more open-minded to the possibility of mm. what might happen than those of us as we get older and or we decide we know how the universe works and that's not possible. So they just go out and experiment and say, well, let me try this and see if it works. If, you know, and, and even trying it with a, with a, a healthy spe- skepticism about whether this might work Skepticism is fine. Let's just let's just you know look at this with um, suspending disbelief. That that you know that definition of fiction is is just oh the willful suspension of disbelief, and that's that's good enough to create a positive outcome. So, any other um, ways that you use the creative power of your word? Um... I I do it in in setting goals and things that I want uh, for my business, Uh, like for the Carlisle Garden Suites. We um, we're here in Ashland, Oregon, where the 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 Oregon Shakespeare Festival is a big you know eight month season, but then we have four months of you know no visitors, and in a hotel business that's kind of deadly. And I decided when we bought it that I wanted to create a. a, a space to do seminars and retreats in the off season to bring groups into the facility because and, I think when you first started the, the previous owners just closed it down for four months yes and, and actually most of the hotels and bed and breakfasts in town the, the owners just go away to Hawaii for the that season I know just we're done and nobody's gonna come anyway and so the first year I had I had three retreats and and I organized them all um, there was just a, I brought groups in and they didn't have retreats and so I set a goal this year of doing five and right now I have seven booked wow. uh, 
But it was just, I when I started talking about it, it's like, I, I want to call in retreat business. And uh, and when I would hear people doing that were doing seminars and retreats, it's like, do you have a facility? Are you looking for one? Where do people stay when they come to your seminars? How about if you were on the same property uh, where your you know guests were staying, that your retreat was there? And things like that. And I just, because I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking positively like I'm doing this, it's really exceeding my expectations of just like, a growing thing. Well, I have to say, when I went there the first time, it was kind of dark and there was a big old tree in the middle and yeah, it was okay. Now, when I walk in, there's a, there's a, a totally different feeling. And it reminded me of when my sister and I went to China. We went into, uh, from an alley, we opened a door and entered a, a monastery where the monks had been praying for millennia, I guess, or you know, who knows how long, and they had built a, uh, a spiritual feeling in there that when we went in, we almost dropped to our knees. It was so palpably peaceful and and deeply spiritual that we were just we were just blown away by the feeling. So you have done something like that. We Some have. magic. We have. Like we want this, um, the Carlo Garden Suites, to be a place of peace and nourishment, and you know, healing, and and um, to feel good. And so we've we've consciously called that in. We we teach our housekeeping staff to uh, when they clean the room, they bless the room, and we call in a peacefulness to the place. And our belief about that is that we will then attract people who are energetically sensitive, who feel that when they walk in. Now, people who may, who may have no awareness of it at all walk in and go, "Oh my God, I had the best night's sleep last night. I just feel so peaceful," but they may not know why. But other people that are uh, conscious, I feel like we're calling those people in by what we're doing and the way we're we're presencing the space. And they notice it. And people notice it. I just I hear it all the time from people. And I also see that the kind of guest we are attracting mm. are people like this woman this morning who's telling me this story about her daughter. Oh. Um, just there, <laughs> we we over and over again are attracting. And I don't. I don't think that I don't think that's who was coming when we first started. That's it's like it's shifting over time. So yes, the, the, we are uh, creating a business, and the style of the business and the feel of the place is we're creating by what we're setting into motion. And didn't you? Wasn't isn't there a man there that um, spent thirty hours traveling and then came and what did? He just he just arrived from Israel this morning, and he's here for to to be wor- to working with, be working with a spiritual teacher, and uh, and he was exhausted, and he was just this morning he was just like, I love this place. This is so peaceful, and I just feel so much rejuvenated from one night here. Like, wow, great! That's you're the people we're calling in. <laughs> That's great. Okay, any last minute things that you would like to say in in the few minutes that we have left? I just want to give a shout out for your book. I uh, really love uh, Change Within, Change the World. Uh, And I just want to say to people listening to the podcast, if you haven't read this book, read it. 
because these kinds of teachings, like the power of your word, you present in a way that are so accessible that it's not, um, it is deep metaphysics, but it's presented in a way that, that anybody can read and go and apply it to their life. And it's just, it's a very readable book, but it's what it's teaching is really powerful concepts. So I love the work that you're doing and I'm just, I'm honored to get to, to spend this time with you and talk about it. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, do you want to tell people how, if they want to stay at the Carlisle Suites, how they can do that? Absolutely. If you want to come to Ashland, Oregon, we'd love to have you stay at the Carlisle Garden Suites. www.carlislegardensuites.com is the website, and you can just go there and find me, find the, the property, and you know, come experience a peaceful, blissful place. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. So you don't miss any of our shows, make sure you subscribe to podcast.changewithin.com or click the subscribe button below. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Jane Battenberg.